This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Yep. The benefits, the benefits of being of like having the shorter limbs, eh? Oh, you're so full of shit. Like, that's True. what I hear from everyone. Gu- guys with the long arms, you know how much harder we have to work. Guys Listen, like you, long and, and lean. Curvy? You have the long and lean. I got the short and stubby. You know how hard it is to make it look like you're not just fat. Are you at two hundred pounds yet, Gio? Not a chance, buddy. What do you what mean? Talking about two hundred pounds. Well, listen, I, I never even come close to sniffing two hundred pounds. Okay, well, I'm going to just tell you this: when you look at you from behind with those that big ass that you have in those jeans, you are definitely a two hundred pounder plus. Huge ass and legs. I hide it well, buddy. Yep. What kind of shape are you in, Van? Uh, not Same under two hundred. Played. <laughs> <laughs> He does the same workouts too as he did when he played. What what are you tipping him at right now? Uh about two fifteen. Oh, that's normal. Yeah, that what you freaking played at. Right. Played about two ten, two fifteen. So about the same. So what were you in Roch your rookie year? Uh probably about two twenty five, two thirty. So do you remember? I mean how, how when, when you first came to Buffalo, do you remember? I had to do them too, those 500 calorie fucking bike oh, rides all Dougie the time. McKinney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember them. It was, yeah, tons of fun. So, did you, do you, did you play? Did you feel better when you were heavier or did you like when you were lighter? Because you got down, what did you get down to the one year, like 209 or something? Well, the one, I think it was one year after, um, it's probably one of the years I scored 30 might've been even the year I scored 40. And for some reason they wanted me to go down to right around 200. So that summer I went down to 200 and I came at the camp and I actually on the ice, I felt really good. But during the games, I was like, this is not me. I was getting pushed around in front of that. I, I just didn't feel myself. So about, I don't know, seven, eight games in Lindy brought me in and he's like, what's wrong with you? So I told him, I, I just, I feel too light. He's like, well, start eating again. So I think I got back up to 212, 215 within a few weeks, and uh, off I went. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> how did you uh, How did you do that? Were you exempt from, like, body fat tests after that? No, it's, I mean, I don't, I mean, I was never the skinniest guy, but, you know, even at 212, 215, I wasn't, like, you know, super fat. But I think sometimes these these coaches and, Trainers, as you guys know, they overthink it. I mean, perfect example in Buffalo was Jeff Jilson. I was I mean, that guy say. came in and he was, or Rafi Torres when he when we got him at the deadline. I mean, oh. he's he's a guy we needed, a bulldog, and he came in. I don't know when we traded. Do you remember how much he was Pull riding off. the bike? Oh yeah, right. so you were there too, eh, Riv? Do you re- yeah. like I'm I like it's it's embarrassing. Like I was actually I was actually embarrassed mm-hmm. for our organization. That what they this guy scored more goals at the time when we traded him. He had more goals than any player on our team. And well, they I, stuck him on the they stuck him on the bike and he rode after practices when everybody's leaving. We're all like, hey, see you later, Rafi. Like this guy's like thinking to himself, This is this is hell. Was he a deadline pickup? Yeah. Then? So like we, we picked him up from Columbus, I believe, when he was a 20 goal scorer and he didn't score one goal for us. 
I mean, he was looking at a four or five year deal in the off season. I think he signed a one year deal in Vancouver that year for a million bucks. The, they so shouldn't have even had, they up. shouldn't have, yeah, they shouldn't have even touched him. Your deadline, you got a month and a half left of the season and playoffs. Let but him be. He, he was, you know I mean, I, just I, let him be. Like, come in and do your maintenance workouts. But besides that, like, he should never have been tested. Like, shouldn't be doing extra at that point of the year. Just I mean, do nothing. I can't I, believe I, you brought up Jilson. But go yeah, ahead. I mean, but, but, I mean, you, you watch these playoffs, right? We've all talked about how good they have been. And then the Andrew Cobb, what a difference he has made on the Rangers. At the time, Rivs, and, and you remember, we got Torres. I'm like, man, that's the guy we need. Like, we didn't have the guy. Like, a bulldog, like just mean and running around. That could and they score. turned him into a completely different player within 10 days. And I'm like, well, here goes that deadline. Like, he didn't help us one bit because, well, not because he, he didn't skate. want to. He could still skate. He could still shoot. He could still hit. But they absolutely crucified his brain. They, they, he came in here probably excited to be here. And within 10 days, like Vanner said, it was the last place on the planet he wanted to be. He couldn't wait to leave this place because I think it was poor. It was, oh man, don't even get me started. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm just going to be like, how about the fat fucking tests that we had throughout the season? We have all these young guys on the team, all these young guys, they're all playing well. Fucking Royce is putting up 80 points a year. Vanner scoring 40-some goals. These guys are young guys, and they're sitting there starving themselves for like five days in a row to get ready for a freaking fat test. That means jack shit. Yeah, if it's not that's, broken, that, don't, that's fix, what don't try to fix it. That's what happened oh, it's, it's, in our in our dressing room. It's the stupidest freaking thing I've ever seen. Someone's oh, going to tell me at age 35 that I've got to lose weight. I'm, 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 I'm 11% body fat. It was a little high for for maybe a standard of of uh, the NHL at the time, but I'm like, I'm not changing. I've been that for 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 ten years. I've been eleven in, in between ten and eleven percent. I've been that for ten years. I'm gonna come to Buffalo at age thirty five, and you want to change me? No, Dougie, I ain't changing shit. <laughs> well, it was the bod pod. Remember the bod pod? <laughs> How do you even fit in that, Riz? I could barely <laughs> fit in that thing. I didn't. I like didn't that do thing. You didn't. So no, no I'm bod not pod, bod pod. No, I I agree. But like, I got to Buffalo, and their Dougie's throwing me in this little pod that's gonna tell me what my body fat is based off of the air that surrounds my body. I'm like, what the? It it had like you couldn't eat or drink. You couldn't have a coffee. You couldn't shower. You couldn't like you couldn't have hair on your body. It was like. All these variables change what the outcome was. I'm like, just do the pinchers. Just grab it. Tell me what it is. How about just look at me and tell me if you think I'm out of shape? (laughs) Well, how about let's just play the game of hockey, right? I mean, I remember the year we got the pot pot. Uh, Remember this, Riffs? There's a kid, I don't know what the prospect's name was in there, but he got out of his bot pot. Dougie was like, this is amazing. The kid is like 1.5%. I'm like, he's got to be dead. Like (laughs) 1.5%. What is this? This is... What is that impressive, Dougie? Because the guy literally looks like he's skin and bones, and I'm going to murder him on the ice as soon as he steps on there. Is that, is that what you want, Doug? You want me to prove a point that I'm going to kill this kid? Oh, I wanted to drive that thing right into Lake Erie and just dump it right in the middle. Oh my God, that's hilarious! Like I'll never, I'll never forget. The last story I'm going to tell you. 
and it still irritates me to this day. It, it irritates me. Do you remember those? Remember those sheets we had to do? We had to pick up after the games. Okay, we had to do these workout sheets. Everybody had to do them. You had to, you had to do all of the stuff, all the workouts, squats, deadlifts, you know, pull ups, this, that, and the other. And then you had to hand it in to Dougie, and you had to sign it or something. <laughs> and I, and I didn't do, I didn't do it one night. Okay, I ended up finishing a game. I think I played like 23 minutes or something like that. And I was tired. I was, I was fatigued. This was, this was our third game in four nights and something like five and seven. Okay. Or sorry, we, we were going to play five and seven, but this was our third game in four nights. I just came off. I'm 35 years old. I, I try and manage my body to make sure that I could, you know, play play as as well as i could um and i didn't do the workout that one night trainer there came in as i had my suit on in the and and i don't even know if you guys were in the room at the time you wouldn't have been there pd because i think it was in our second year and we were playing really really well at the time our team but dougie came in and started like to raise his voice at me like I've done something wrong. Like you're going to disrespect me and you're not going to do this. And you're the leader of this team and this and that. And I literally was so angry at that point. I had not been that angry in a long time. I literally looked on my absolutely snapped. I said, I just played 23 fucking minutes, Dougie. We've just played three games in four nights and we're going to play five and seven. And you want me to work out? I will manage my own body. You will not tell me what to do. And all of a sudden now he's thinking to himself, he said, he sits there and says to me, well, now you, you make a good point. Ribs. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We have come off three games in four nights and I'm thinking to myself, are you fucking serious right now? You, you, what do you mean? You you're, you're thinking about that. Oh, well, now that I think about it, maybe the guy shouldn't have worked out. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Great. Let it keep go. Let it, let it go. Let it Great. go. Riz. Keep working out. Keep getting your body fat under 5%. You remember Paul Gostad fucking guys, 228 pounds. He played like he played a hard game. He played a hard game. He worked his butt off. He blocked shots. He's a great face off guy. He, he was physical. You remember him coming to training camp that one time because they want him to lose weight. Do you remember that? He came in at a hundred, 200 and, Eight pounds? He lost like 20 pounds over the summer. I'm looking at him like, I thought he was sick. I literally thought he was sick. Do you remember that? I do. I remember all of them because I was <laughs> one of them was me too. But again, enough on top that the Jeff Jilson, I think Petey can explain it better than anyone. I mean, what that guy went through, I mean, that was, I, I couldn't get, I mean, I was dieting, but that guy, they brainwashed him. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him eat anything but lettuce without anything no dressing nothing all day just lettuce and he was shredded but man he was getting beat left and right because he couldn't do anything anymore it was he went crazy. he went from being like a fire hydrant to <laughs> to like honestly he looked like a surfer like a it's like he was so thin and ripped and he went like he was kind of built like me like i was never ripped i mean i was i was a thick guy and 
I remember the one year I like I got down. I don't know, Van. You were there. I got down. I came to camp. I was like two twenty four. I'm like, I was like, I'm like, yeah, I can handle the. I can handle these guys. Bring on Eric Goddard at two forty, and bring on the the big tough guys. You know what I mean? And when you're when you lose twenty five pounds, but either way, I mean, yeah, Jilson, Jilson went. I mean, extreme, extreme. But anyway, are you guys watching any of these? Uh, I'm watching them right now. They're on. And I just the thing that makes me laugh is is uh, William Nylander is a completely different player for for Sweden than he is for the Leafs. But that's beside the point. Are you guys watching any of these World Championships? You guys all played World Championships, right? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I did. I, for I, sure. I got yeah. it on right now, but I don't. It's not like I follow it. No, I don't follow it. But it just happened to pop on after I was watching the. Uh, the NHL network this morning. Did you, so you, Van, you played in it, right? Yeah, I played in, I don't know, three, four of them, maybe. Well, you, Joe. Couple in the B pool. Have you guys ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played in, I want to say four, four of them, I think, four or five. Tell us about the B pool, Van. Yeah, I got a gold medal, so no big deal. <laughs> so what's the B pool? What's uh, that? That well, like- you know, they got the top 12 teams, and that's the A pool. And then the next top 12 is the B pool. And how many, there's what, the top two teams from the B pool go to the A pool the year after, right? Right. So you have the, to, the, you're trying to qualify every year. Exactly. So usually Austria, actually this year they did really well, so they stayed in the A pool. But usually it's every other year. It's like an elevator for Austria. We go, we go up to the A pool, back to the B pool, back so- up to the A pool, and so on. They take the bottom two and switch with the top two. Is that what it is? That's right. Yeah, the yeah. bottom two will relegate, and uh, the top two will go up. Isn't that how your your hockey is in Europe? Like, is like all the do all the leagues do that? Because I know they do that in Sweden too. Like the bottom two teams in the elite series will go down to the Allsvenskan, and then the the top two teams from there will go up. Most leagues, yes. I think that the the, the big leagues, like like you said, Sweden, Finland, Germany, Czech. They do the relegation, and I think it's 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 awesome. It's a great system, but you know, for Austria, which is a smaller country as far as hockey wise, they don't relegate because there's not enough teams to relegate and you know bring up. But uh, the scenarios you brought up in Finland and Sweden, I think it is. It's just I think it makes the season so much more fun because you have something to play for until the end of the year. You know, where over here you get the tanking going on from day one. If you tank, you're you're out, and you know the Rochester Americans are coming up the next year. I mean, how crazy of a scenario would that be? Obviously, not feasible in, in the NHL, but pretty cool. I mean, they do it in the Premier League and 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 soccer over there, and it's pretty cool. You see these small towns that move up from the third league to the second, and eventually make it to the Premier League. So it's um, it's 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 something else, that's for sure. Gio, how are you? Uh, how'd you enjoy your brother's Tampa Bay Lightning steamrolling the Florida Panthers? Man, they look good, but they really, really look good. And every round they win, right? He gets a little bit of a bonus, so he's all giddy after they win. You know, like he's got like every every round they advance. The I don't know what you want to call it, like the support staff all have in their contracts like a little bonus, so. He loves every round that they continue to go on to. So it's fun to watch him, man. That's a good team. Built well. Sorry, Rivs. Sorry for your loss, bud. Did you guys see Joe? Well, let me tell you this. Florida Panthers had more fun than Tampa Bay. (laughs) Apparently. 
Any uh, any truth guys? to that rumor, fellas, of that the Florida Panthers were at the strip club the night before? How, you know, uh, did you guys hear this? I heard the rumors, but I have now confirmed. Same. I mean, I, I, I heard the rumors, but I can't believe that's true. If anything, it was might have maybe the extra guys that didn't weren't going to play. But yeah, I, that's no idea. Okay, there's something we never thought about. That's something that we never took into consideration yesterday. Craig, were the extra no, guys? No, I, I took that in. I, there's no way those guys were out. There's I absolutely agree. no way those guys were out till three o'clock in the morning. In in the mid eighties, maybe extra- not in 2022. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah. a much different game now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on. Listen, I mean, when Florida when Florida came out of Washington, uh, I was not happy with their game like anybody's game except for Verstegi. And, uh, you know, to walk in and play Tampa Bay lightning, who I just, I, I believe that this is the best team in, in the national hockey league. I think they're going to win again. You know, Vasilevsky is, is super world-class. He is absolutely incredible. You look at the defense core that they have on Tampa Bay. This is the game changing and the separation where they're going to win games. When you have guys that are 6-6 in Hedman and, you know, Sergachev 6-3, 6-4, and you just look at all the players on the defense, they all move exceptionally well, and they're all big men, and they all just play a really strong, puck-moving defensive game like McDonough, Bogosian, uh, Sirnek, Sergachev, these guys are just moving the puck and they're defending and they're super hard to play against. And I think that's the, that's the difference because then you look at the offense, it speaks for itself. Like, I mean, there's so much depth. They lost Braden Point, one of the best players in the league. They lost him and they beat the President's Trophy team four, four straight. And Joe Thornton was super in shock. Did, did any of you guys see his? Uh, they showed on the NHL Network this morning some of the press conference that he like. It's just he's so raw. Like you listen to all these other guys talk, and you know it's because it, you know it's just so cliche and and you know you know uh, guarded. Then you have Joe Thornton, who's just like honestly, I am not really thinking further because I was not expecting to be here today. I didn't, you know. He's like I knew it was going to be a tough series, but. I did not expect to be swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's like, so I'm a little bit in shock. And just the way he was kind of talking is, I mean, I guess he he's, you know, he's Joe Thorne. He can kind of act however he wants, but he's just so laid back about it. But, but for me, Tampa, they're just well-oiled. They've won. They have the experience. So, yeah, their depth, you can call it world-class goaltending because all that comes into play. But they're built to win. They have won. They know how to win. And they've played like what people don't understand is, is the experience you get by being in those situations is the next time you're there, it's not overwhelming. The speed is not too fast for you. The physicality is not too rough for you. You can handle it easier. The pressure of being down in a game, you're okay with being able to just grind it out and try to change the momentum. When you haven't been there, those are all the things that overwhelm you, the speed physicalness of the playoffs the momentum shifts the playing in other people's buildings how hard that can be uh bad calls from the refs they're just experienced they don't let any of that stuff bother them and they just keep rolling and rolling and rolling so they're definitely a team to 
until they lose, they're the top team for me. Until someone can knock them off and prove uh, Tampa wrong, they're the top team for me. I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I thought of this after game one. I'm like, you know what? It's just so crazy. They come off a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, all the swagger that you need in the world. But I think by them beating the Leafs, they gain even more swagger. Because now looking back, the Leafs were legit. They are legit. Yeah. And after winning game six and then going into Toronto and winning game seven, they probably flew home and be like, we got this again. We knocked out the best team of the East. And they just, I mean, game one, it was like, this is it. Like, who's going to stop us now? We, we knocked out the Leafs. So I think looking back, that series was, again, after coming back-to-back champion, they, they just got even more swagger than they already had. And I think that is something you can't, you can't teach swagger. you you got to have it. But it's also, right, like they're down 3-2 to a very good team. They've just won twice. That's very easy to just be like, listen, we just don't have it. We're tired. We've played a lot of hockey over the last three years. To be able to find that extra motivation, that extra little grit, that extra everything, after playing as much as they have, after winning two in a row, that that tells you a lot about the guys in that room, right? Like they're still not content with – with where they're at. They want to win another one. They're hungry for another one. Well, are, am I wrong all the time? Are, are, like the hangover. We're, well, you say hangover. Were Riv and I uh, wrong? I mean, I, 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 I was obviously wrong. But just for thinking that Toronto took everything they had from them and that Florida was going to romp them because it didn't seem like they had the same kind of series against Washington as Tampa had against Toronto. And I wasn't even saying physically because of the seven games I was thinking more mentally that they just sucked those players dry and then, you know, four straight. And I'm sitting here going like, holy shit, there goes that theory. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought the same thing. That took a, like Gio said, that's a, I mean, to, to win game six and seven, that's impressive. Uh, but again, I think after game one, watching that Florida game, I'm like, holy shit, these guys aren't tired. They're actually loose now. They feel well, great about Did themselves. you watch the first game? Did you watch Tampa Bay and Florida in the first game? Yeah. Florida came out like they were taking the Stanley Cup and jamming it in their back pocket and going, this is our year, baby. The first half of the, they they ended up scoring, I think, the first goal in the first game. And they were rolling. They were pumping. They had scoring chance after scoring chance. And Tampa Bay looked super flat. They just did not look good. But what do they do? They stick around, they stick around, they stick around, and then bam, they score a goal. You're looking at it. Declare scored the first goal in that game. Second period, Corey Perry scores. Game's tied 1-1. Florida, for the, at that point, had been dominating Tampa Bay. And then all of a sudden, Eduardo Belmar ends up scoring 2-1, and then you got Kucherov, and then you got Ross Colton in three goals in the third period. And now you have Florida sitting there going, what just happened here? We dominated this game, and we lost 4-1. to one. I think that took a ton out of Florida. And then Tampa Bay just rolled and played their game from there. And when I look at this team, I, when I look at Tampa, 
what's so amazing about them, and you go back a couple years, yes, you know, Kucherov is, is a world-class player. And yes, Steve Stamkos is a world-class player. And in order to win a Stanley Cup, your best players need to be your best players. But what you do need is this. You need, that, you need your, your third and fourth lines to be great. And you look at right now in Tampa Bay in this year, look at who's their top scores. Do you know who their top, top scores are right now? Ross Colton and Corey Perry. Those guys have five goals each. They're leading the team in goals. Ross Colton, Ross Colton's playing on the fourth line. You look at, you look at uh, Patrick Maroon. He scores a huge goal in, in the last game. You need, you need to have those role players step up if you want to go the distance. And right now, Tampa Bay, in the two years that they've won, and in this year, they're getting that they're getting that play. So uh, before we move on to McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche last night, who completely let one slide, um, who's the better matchup for them to knock them off the pedestal and uh, going into uh, uh, Game Five, Carolina or the New York Rangers? Who matches up better against Tampa that can prevent them from going to the Cup final again? Is I. I think Carolina is a better team, but Shesterkin can steal a series, right? Like, so I think that's the wild card. Rangers get through. Shesterkin's extremely hot, and it's a battle of goaltending. That stuff can win series. They can steal a series. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure because before the Carolina Rangers series, I pick Carolina. Even though I like the Rangers, I just thought Carolina is playing great. They, they got confidence, and they're fast. But now after watching those first four games, I think the Rangers were the better team in pretty much every game, and they're playing great. They, I mean, and just like Riff said about the depth guys in Tampa, the Rangers' depth guys are looking pretty good, and that's a huge difference. It's, it's, it's like Riff said, the top guys have to be your top guys, but it's those the other guys the bottom six, they make a huge difference. And as far as Tampa with, with Vasilevsky, I mean, his numbers are best goal in the world. There's not even, I know Shesterkin had a great year. He might be right there, but no one's better than Vasi. I mean, his, do you guys see his numbers? The last seven elimination games, six shutouts or something crazy yeah. like that. Can like, we, can we go back a month, Riz, when we were debating this? Debating what? <laughs> hey, Petey, you Remember, I, I got I into an argument, and me and Petey had Vasilevsky in a one-game one winner-take-all. Who are you having in net? And you were all on board with Shesterkin. 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 Easterkin. So, where, where are you now? <laughs> where are you now that you see Vasilevsky absolutely dominating? These I'm going playoffs? with Grant Fuhr. <laughs> Because Gretzky had this conversation years ago, and he said, if I want one game, one game elimination, I'm going with Grant Fuhr, so I'm going with Grant. But listen, I'm looking at what Shesurkin did this year. I'm looking at that. He played world-class. He played better than 
every single goaltender in the National Hockey League. He was a game changer most nights for the Rangers. And that's why I'm saying, do I think that who's the best goaltender? I've said, who's the best goaltender in the league right now? I think it's I think it's Vasilevsky. It's just like back years ago when I when when Carey Price was having a year where he faltered, I still called Carey Price the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. You look at Vasilevsky right now, he has earned the stripes. He is the best goaltender in the world right now. But for a one game elimination game. And I know Tampa Bay's playing fantastic, but I would I think Sisirkin right Sisirkin right now is world class. I think he's world class. I got Vasilevsky all day. He might be world class, but I'm still taking Vasilevsky. Um, Rangers were the second best team in the league this year with goals with goals against. Number one was I'm not saying he's not good too, and that's because of him. Go with a proven guy. The guy proved it this year. This guy yeah, he, proved it the entire year. It's not like I'm taking a guy that hasn't proved himself. Austin Matthews proved it all year, too. What about it? What about well, it? they didn't advance. Because you, he... you don't win. But listen, I mean, who's a better goaltender? Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky on Tampa Bay or Sturkin on on Tampa Bay? I don't know. A stupid think you, you, you can't play this game. I think Shosturkin was great. He's going to win the Vezina. This is the but, same uh, game you play when you say, take Connor McDavid back and put him in 1980. It's like, no, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't know, but you have to take I, into context. The way the way play, teams play, I think, I think goaltenders benefit. And I'll give you a great example. There's a, there's a goaltender that played on one of the best teams in the league last year. Okay. And he got basically kicked out of town because he didn't play good enough. Meanwhile, the team was one of the best teams in the league. They scored a shit ton of goals, but they let goals in. Was it because of the goaltending or it was? Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. He, he should so you know who I'm talking key, about. Key moments. And that player right now, that goaltender left that team. And he went to another team that has the best fucking goals against in the entire league. So why, why is uh, Anderson, who played in Toronto, one of the best teams in the league, but they didn't play defense. Their forwards didn't play defense. Their, their defense were very average. And they allowed a ton of goals. And they blamed it on the goaltending. The goaltender leaves. And he goes to a team that has the best goals against in the, the entire National Hockey League. So then I guess we'll see what he's truly made of when the pressure's on now that it's 2-2 in the second round. Unfamiliar territory for him, right? Wouldn't we say? In recent years. He's not anyway. playing. Is he, he's, he's still well, when he gets his chance. Yeah. Um, hey, one more quick on thing about those two. Being Rives, on a certain team. Rivs, you're a stat guy. So what, what were, I don't even know, what were Shosturkin's regular season stats that he's? Um, he had, I think, a 2.17 goals against average. Okay, how many wins did he have? 
uh, no, he actually, uh, Shesterkin had a 2.07 goals against average. He played in 52 games and had 36 wins. Okay. And then what did Vasilevsky do? Did he have an Vasilevsky was ninth in goals against. He played 63 games and had 39 wins. He had a 2.49 goals against average where Shesterkin had 52 games played, 36 wins, and a 2.07. He also had six shutouts, Shesterkin, where Vasilevsky had two. But Vasilevsky, you're saying, played 10 more games and got three more wins? Yes. So heavier workload and everything? That doesn't count for anything? No, no, no. Heavier workload? Save percentage. Shesterkin, 0.935. That's unheard of, okay? Where Vasilevsky had a 0.916. Huge difference. I mean, one guy's getting peppered with shots, and the other guy, not so much. The, the statistics for Igor Shesterkin, and it's the reason why he's guaranteed to win this year is his statistics are absolutely through the roof and to look at to look at frederick anderson who who played 51 games this year and had 35 wins his statistics he had the second best goals against average in the league and he had the second best save percentage didn't even make the top three is it even possible i I don't know that doesn't make any sense either i can joke man all right. Well, you made your argument for Shesterkin, and I'm almost asleep over here. You know what I think needs to happen? I think the St. Louis Blues, no bullshit. I think they need yellow pants. Too much dark blue. That's why I want them to lose. I don't like their uniforms. They got the black stripe on there. They got the gold. I don't like their uniform. Why are you shaking your head, Van? You agree? <laughs> you want them to lose because of a uniform. I just don't like their uniforms. What are you, 10? Uh, that's, that, you know what? Sometimes you got to find your own reasons to want, to want teams to win or lose. Like I want, you know, there are certain reasons why I want teams to win or lose. Like when I was picking the Leafs. But anyway, I just think I look at the St. Louis Blues and I think, oh, so blah. Like when I was watching last night, I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my god, the Colorado Avalanche. And and I noticed it before, but it, I think it was when they had their reverse retro jerseys that they went to them. But the blue pants and the light blue gloves. It looks amazing. Remember how they used to have all like black pants, black gloves, and it's just boring. Now you got a little. Anyway, sorry, little throw to their heritage. But anyway, how about McKinnon, eh, boys? Wow, fun to watch, man. How about that fun game? To blown? Watch. How do they blow that? The guy goes out and puts that performance on when in an elimination game, and they go shit the bed like that. That's unbelievable. And here's the bigger question. How do you guys feel about Kale McCarr being on the ice? That's the I don't have a, I don't have a, a a thought on it. I love McCarr. My point is there have been people talking on social media, you know, analysts uh, who've obviously been there before, as you know. Um, but you know they they say McCarr, why is McCarr on the ice? We don't need a goal. And should they have gone for it, even if it was going to be icing later in the game there when the net was empty? That is another topic of conversation. I have no problem with McCarr being on the ice. He's their best player or best defenseman. Is he is he their best defender though? Like you have Josh uh, Josh Manson that's on the bench, 
You have Eric Johnson, who's on the bench. These are two guys, both, you know, Eric Johnson, 6'4", 225 pounds, got a long reach. He's a very, he's, he's at a point in his career where he's a defender first. He's, he's always in the right positions and he's a big, strong guy. I just, you know. Hey, but then what is, why is McKinnon on the ice then? They don't have a better defensive player. It's a great question. It's, it's, is he, is it's, he it's, the right? Is he the right guy to have on the ice defensively? Was, it's just, was, it's. You, it, it, I hate these conversations because if Landeskog, I mean, if I'm Landeskog, shoot for the net. What, what's the big 100%. deal? Shoot for the net, make it a two goal game. And Kemper makes a better save there from that bad angle shot. No one talks about it. It's a yeah. non-issue. Yeah. One of the things though, you have to. Look at the play he made off the draw to get it to Landeskog, Makar. You know I mean, he nets that, and you're like, yeah, that's why we have Makar on the ice. He jumps into that, makes a play through the guy, sends But he didn't. What are you and talking about? shot's taken on net from the side in Tarasenko. Yeah, and he missed his coverage. His... He missed his coverage for sure. And they scored. But that's how the do you know, point. How do you know Johnson wasn't going to miss his coverage? How do you know because someone I else? He... I bet you he's a he's a more defensively responsible type player that probably would have positioned himself differently in the front of the net. But to Van's point, then why did you have that front line out there? You know, there's two minutes left in the game, right? Like one fifty six yeah. or whatever when that draw happens. Like do I don't, you, I don't do mind believe, having who they had out there. Do you believe that Langdeskog, Rantanen, and McKinnon? Are their best defending line? Definitely not. Who is? Well, at, should at that Ka- point, last minute Kadri, of the game, do you, do you, do you I have mean, to have your best line? You can't have your best, like, in the, you know, Kadri be out there. And... I think how you build it is you have your face-off guys too, right? Like, you got your guy. It's on the right dot. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. going to have a right, your best face-off guy first and foremost. Now, on the right side, you can break it down even more. The best guy on the right-hand side in the D zone. But you also need a backup in case he gets thrown out. I don't know how they got the – I forget how they got the face-off. It wasn't icing, was it? Like, there did they no get down off. there? No. Huh? There was no face-off. Because Landeskog never shot for it. They came down, set No, 150 – yeah, off of – Landeskog got his shot off of a draw. It was a draw off the right-hand side. Yeah, McCarr grabs it, puts it through. How did that happen? Was there an icing? Were, were those guys stuck on the ice? No icing. You know what I mean? Like, if they that's, were, that's then a, you, you don't know. Then you don't have a choice, and then they're out there for that. You're minute. right. There was no icing. I, I, I don't, and that was no. part of the argument. Like, why doesn't he shoot it? And who cares if you ice it? He he went with Rivs, you know, and Rivs mentioned it before. He's he's fine with, with him shooting. Uh, shooting it there, but he opted to get the red line. That's like cardinal rule number one, right? Get that red line. But in that moment, you're thinking, just ice the game. But anyway, you're right. There was no icing. I'll, just, I'll give you an example. Because he got the red back, line. I'll give you, I'll give you an example for it, back when we played together, Van. We're in this situation, and we need, we've got a minute and a half left in the game, okay? I think that, you know, you're going to have certain guys on the ice to make sure that you can lock down that are a little bit more defensively responsible and, and, and see plays develop defensively like you do offensively. 
what I'm going to ask you is when, when we were playing together, would you put on the ice? Who would you put on the ice out of these guys? You had um, Spotcheck, Talinder, myself, Tody Ludman, Tyler Myers, Chris Butler. Because I have two guys in my head that I know who I would put on the ice. Well, I put you on because you're right-handed, and then Tony Ludman because he was an um, unbelievable shot blocker. Okay, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. But at the time, I'm talking about – I think I think Henrik Callender was an exceptionally good defenseman and beautiful defender, beautiful skater, best uh, skater that we had in the back end. He was defensively responsible. Would you agree? I, I would have had him on the ice with Tony Ludman. Tony Ludman would have not come off the ice because that is his specialty. I don't think that Kale McCarr, his specialty is playing defense. I'm not saying he's bad. He was plus 50. I get it. But I'm saying an Eric Johnson or, or a Josh Manson might be better suited for that point in time. That's just all I'm saying. And you're not wrong, but the PD's question was McCarr, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm flip-flopping to the other side. What are the other guys doing on the ice? You don't have a better option. Well, what's more important in that scenario, having, having, um, you know, forwards like those forwards, especially, or, uh, your defensive juggernaut defenseman. Well, again, it's, it's when you get Uh, scored on, everything can change. I mean, if Landis Gog makes that play, which he should have shot a hundred percent, if there's 20 seconds left in the game, I think you get the red line. Yeah, but if there's a minute and a half, you shoot for it, and because even if you get the red line and you just dump it in, what what are you gonna solve? You're solving 15 seconds. There's still plenty of time for the blues to come down. So yeah. I think there is shooting for it. There's there's got to be a a time, right? If there's 15, 20, 25 seconds, you don't shoot for it. Then you when get the red the line. Rule, like Petey and I were talking about this before the show, and I think you know when we when we look back when we played. And, and, and before us, the, the rule when there was an open net is you do not ice the puck. Like when I was a young kid, if you were to ice the puck, you would get crucified by the coach because that would have been a selfish play back then. This is only my feeling. I think in today's game, if you have the opportunity to shoot the puck from anywhere, I don't even care if you ice the puck, go back to the drawing board, take the face off and, and do it all over again. But if you have a chance to, to basically ice the game and, and, and go up by two, I think that these players should be shooting from everywhere to try and win the game. Yeah, that, that gives, oh, I guess you can't, you can't change on an icing. So I don't know how long those guys had been but on that's the ice. Okay. That you, you have your guys out there for a reason. I would be telling every single one of my players, if you have a chance to shoot the puck, just shoot it. Just go. I don't care. We'll go back to the drawing board. Everybody knows their X and O's. We're going to win the draw. We're going to do this. And if we don't win the draw, we're going to do this. But if we get that puck, you shoot. You get the, I don't care if it's over uh, uh, before the red line. Just shoot and try and score. Does that change? It for sure has changed. It changed when at the end of my career that everyone, that was the, I was the same way, Ribs, that we grew up that you did not go for it. You got the red line at all costs. That was the first and foremost. That was your job is to do that. D-zone, you made sure you got it over the blue line. If you couldn't, you do not ice it. You do not go for it. 
Um, and then there was a shift. There was definitely a shift where you were okay going with it. I still think there's situational though, like Van saying, right? Like there's 15 seconds left, 20 seconds left. You, you can't go for it. You need to just advance the puck, make sure it goes down and have them go 200 feet uh, with 15 seconds left. But I'm talking when these guys minute and a half, you go for guys it. are pulling these guys are pulling the goaltender in the playoffs right now with what three, sometimes even four minutes left in the game. I'm at the point where let's go. Just put the puck in the net. We're, you're the most skilled guys in the world. If you have an opportunity and you can sidestep <laughs> and get that thing. You 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 just told us you didn't want the skilled guys on the ice. You wanted a defensive minded shot blocking. D man out there, and now you're saying that they're the listen the most listen, skilled listen, guys listen me, in the world. Listen to me, Gio. Listen to me, Gio. You contradict the yourself. Fourth all the time. Fourth line guys. He's, he's the yeah, just whatever argument he's going with. You guys are fucking nuts, man. <laughs> Corey Perry's playing on the goddamn fourth line in Tampa Bay. He's leading the team in goals. You know who his buddy is on the other side? It's fucking Ross Colton. He's a fourth line guy. All the fourth line guys in this league. It's not like they were 10 years ago. They're not like they were 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago. These, these guys in the fourth line, are some. they are insanely skilled. These are kids. Gio, are you, Vanner, are you guys letting the fourth line guys rifle it, go for the, go for the icing? <laughs> I said to Rim before the show, I'm like, I like Anson Carter's point. I completely agree with Anson Carter last night when he's like, yeah. Fourth line guy talks. Maybe you get that red line, you know. Uh, first line guy, you let Listen, him go for it and talk. So talk. It's like, don't today, let everybody man. go for it. I'm going for it. And 100%. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm thinking. I agree. You got to go for it there. What? Here's the problem. Anson Carter is a fucking dinosaur, okay? Just like <laughs> mostly my mentality. I've got some dinosaur thoughts to me too. I get it. But I'll tell you this. You got Rick Tockett, who is just recently uh, out of the game as a coach. He understands that the young guys, the fourth lines, the third lines in this in this league nowadays, they are exceptionally talented hockey players. The game has changed tremendously. A first line, a second line, a third line, a fourth line, and most of these teams are treated somewhat the same. Maybe the the first line and most teams, they're super elite. They're super, super high-end players. But the teams are, I mean, you look at when we played. I mean, there was a pecking order in a big way. You were, you know, if you're on the fourth line, you were speak when spoken to, just be happy to be there. That's, that's the way it was. This, the fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman didn't say too much. Every, the, the top dogs, you're the only guys who said anything. That's the way it was back in back in the That's day. That's how I feel doing this show with you guys today. Like just a fucking shut up seen but not heard. No, listen. <laughs> it's, it's first of all, I don't know. I, I like talking about it, but empty netters. I usually didn't touch the ice the last two minutes when we're up. So uh, <laughs> it, it's it's funny. Do you guys do you guys uh, want to hear it? This is all new to me. <laughs> you guys want to hear my moment in the NHL where I was on the ice for an empty netter to to either go for it or not. You probably got out of the penalty box. No, Wait, well, that's how I scored my empty netter. <laughs> you dickhead. That's how I scored my empty netter. Came out of the box and James Patrick rimmed it. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm going to go a step further here. Late in the game, I'm on the ice 2-1 game. They pull the goalie. Now, granted, I was in New Jersey, and this was an inter-squad game in training camp. <laughs> <laughs> they had no one else to go out. <laughs> no, listen. So what they did was it was kind of brilliant. 
they had an American League roster and the veteran roster, right? So they had they had nine on nine or ten. Uh, I don't think it was twelve on twelve, but it might have. I don't remember. But they had, and then the American League side got Brodeur, and the NHL side got the minor league goalies, like the tryout guys. Okay, like which the, side? Which side were you on? Okay, I was on a trial. I was on the American League side, guys. Okay, fuck you, first of all, Van. Let me start by saying that. Now, I score a goal in the scrimmage. Rifle one top corner on a rookie, of course. You know, drafted goalie, whatever. But I get puck in a slot. I rifle one top corner. No joke. Guys on the other on the NHL bench are like, whoa, right? Like, giving it to me. So, now I've been in the league for five years. So, so like, you know, you know, I was, I, I get on the ice. I can't remember who our coach was. It might've been uh, uh, Chris Terreri, but we're, it's late. We're up to one. Like our team is beating them to one. Now we have Berdur. Okay. So uh, I'm on the ice. I get the puck. I'm fucking skating. And I, I fire it three feet from the red line. Cause I think Colin white was going to fucking kill me. He was like pinching me off. He's going to kill me. Right. So I go for the empty netter and I miss and it's an icing. The fucking boys on the bench were giving it to me. You selfish, selfish, <laughs> selfish. Oh fuck. But anyway, I went for it and I missed. But anyway, that was my moment in the NHL. So I understand the pressure. <laughs> what did we just go from playoff hockey to a training camp we're gonna had, lose some viewership here i had to bring it down you had so trick. much pressure there eh? oh my god <laughs> two goals in an inner squad game for a fucking uh enforcer tryout to contract get a guy that's yeah, exactly. massive you're, you're, that's, your, your job was on the line that's, did lou did was up in the, that's pressure right there lou was up in the tinted box window up there watching <laughs> you him, like, all you see I, is a silhouette up there like you can't make <laughs> out just like you make out a silhouette of a person if i get two in an inner squad game he's gonna sign me for sure that's what i was thinking um right, but hey back to the colorado st louis tying goal game oh, you think sorry, that man. was that, you think that was the game i mean up three nothing it should have never even got to that point yeah so there's so many mistakes beforehand that's that's whatever move on and you know they're gonna yeah but does this completely that's... change the series though because st louis has the experience here colorado's got all the pressure on them now colorado's gonna go in and win game six in my opinion I'm gonna, calling. Listen, remember we talked about this before this series. I if if there's one, if there's going to be one, <sighs> Tampa Bay upset uh, Florida, but uh, this this series here, seven twenty goal scores or no no nine nine twenty goal scores. They had multiple guys that scored, um, you know, thirty goals and. They have a lot of firepower on this team. This is not a team that you can take lightly right now. But, but does goaltending hold up? Well, that's that, a new that's a new question mark in this series. Well, what's the goaltender's name? In, Russo. Who? Uh, Russo. He was. He played fantastic. He actually won the job over Bennington throughout the year. I think that the goaltending, so well. the goaltending at is even. It's I think Campa and Huso, it's it's a coin flip. Yeah, I don't think that's the difference. I think the difference is Colorado reminds me of those Tampa teams that's supposed to win and didn't win. And I think Colorado has gone through that the last two three years. They're going to be ready for this. They've yeah. they've taken their lumps. They, they're they're ready. I would love nothing more than to see a game seven in this series. 
I would love nothing more to see how how Colorado is going to react in a game seven because you you know you go to a game seven, the pressure is all on Colorado in their building, and you're up three one in the series. Yeah, all the pressures there. There's no doubt about that. I, I I'm with Van. I don't think it's going to a game seven. I really don't. But but I, I don't I'll think tell so you either. What, though, but it would be Edmonton, fun Colorado. Was. An Edmonton Colorado series would be a dream. I mean, who would have thought Edmonton's up three one on Calgary? Nobody. Nobody. Not a person go- in the planet. what is going on there. So have you guys David just taken over? Just been baffled. I know, but McDavid just taking over. What did you just ask, man? That's a great guys enjoyed that watching that series or just been like, what is happening? Like, I I don't know what to think of that. That's the only series where I'm like, I don't know what is going on. I I don't what happened to Calgary. I didn't watch the first series with Edmund uh, Calgary and Dallas because it was I watched one one game. Nodding off. It was so boring. It was just like a, a defensive. Like, I don't want to watch defensive hockey in the playoffs. I like watching these games where you're, you know, your, your teams are winning seven to six. That's what I want to watch. And this Calgary team, they're, they're really strong. They play a good brand of hockey, but they're kind of, they can bore you at times. McDavid is the most captivating player. I think I've I think I've ever watched before. And I went, you know, I went on yesterday, a little rogue on uh, my, my thoughts and uh, taking a little heat from it on social media. But uh, I, I called Connor McDavid the greatest player to ever don skates. Yeah, I don't know if I would go that far, but um, right now I've, I've never seen a guy in the playoffs what he's doing. It's, it's because, you know, it goes back to your Tampa point, right? The Perry, the Coltons. Who's doing that for Edmonton? Vander Kane. So you're saying Evander Kane? I mean, Evander Kane is a top player in the league. Say what you want. That's not, a, that's not your depth guy, is it? Mm, right. So you're saying Ross Colton is on the same as Evander Kane? No, that's, that's you know, but, to, but that's what I'm saying. Try and throw someone out there. De- depth guy I playing agree, with Drysaddle, and McDavid. What a depth guy he is! How about Zach Hyman? Yeah, great depth guy making what six million. Love it. <laughs> I'm like, Gio, we should make a comeback. Let me go down to their depth guys. Way underpaid. Way uh, underpaid. Zero goals. Zero goals. Zero goals. One goal. Ryan McDonald. And uh, Jesse Poliarvi, he's f- absolutely shredding it with one goal. And he's, and a, I believe, he's a top six guy. No, yeah, Zach Cassian, yeah. one goal. So uh, that's what, again, that's what makes this amazing. Because yeah. your point is, depth guys win, but there's no depth guys in Edmonton. They got Mike Smith in that. He, he almost gave it away again. And McDavid's like, ah, God, I'm just gonna what? have to take over even more. <laughs> what was your thought when that puck? was shot down the ice. I think it was by Anderson. It was it was from the other end of the ice. Who my I've never seen is, that before. My question like is who's he, who's he blaming? You see him put his arms up like he was all pissed off like someone did something wrong in front of him? That's on you. No one did anything wrong in front of you. Do you see his first reaction? For me it was selfish blaming who was on the ice. 
he was trying to find the closest guy, but the closest guy was at the red line. <laughs> hey, it goes back to our point of shooting for empty nets, though, right? <laughs> Might as well shoot it with a goalie in. You got to go for it. Got to go for it. <laughs> yeah, but, but Gio, like you, you, Gio, when you first when you first start, when we first started talking Edmonton and Calgary, you were you were saying McDavid, McDavid, were you not? Can this guy single handedly carry a series with two other guys on his back? Well, he is right now. He's doing like it right now. The finals, you think? I don't know if he can bring a team. I, the way he's playing now, yes, absolutely. But like, I, it, it's like it's like Tampa, right? Like one part of me says it's going to catch them. The amount of hockey they played, they're going to get tired. Their motivation's going to wane. It's the same thing with McDavid. He can't keep dominating like this. He can't keep winning single handedly. He can't keep carrying his team. But he's doing it. So he's who knows when? Who knows when it stops, or who knows what's going to happen with it's it? It's not going to stop, Gio. The guy is a genetic freak. He's twenty-four years old. He's in the prime of his career. He could play till friggin' December at this level, and he's the greatest player to ever put on skates. The greatest player to ever put on skates. There's no one that has ever been better. And do you just go? Just- do you go old school and just literally have someone shadow the shit out of him everywhere he skates on the ice? Yes. Stay on top of him. You do not let him get the puck. I'm just saying what I'm saying is before he gets the damn puck. Yes, he's going to blow by. Okay, put two guys on him. You Make him play. That, I am shocked. I am as Gio just made the point I was going to bring up. I am shocked that Sutter has not done that yet. I mean, he's an old school guy, but obviously he must have, you know, gone with the times because it seems like guys love him and play hard for him. But I cannot believe they haven't put their best skater on him. It's like what they do with Ovi. You know he's going to be in the one-time position on the power play. Stand somebody there. Make it four on three. Make it so he doesn't beat you. So what do you do? You try to stick someone on McDavid so he doesn't beat you. Let the rest of the guys beat you. Well, they're trying to hit him all over the place, and he takes I, it. Like I, I have, understand. I, I know. I have gained – a ton of respect for Connor McDavid with how hard he back checks. He's delivered checks. I think he set the tone for that game seven against LA when he laid somebody out at the boards there, right? I don't know who it was, but he, he hammered somebody and he's taking the hits. Like he knows he's going to like, he knows he's going to get beat up. I mean, you guys look, you guys must know what that's like to be targeted in a game. I mean, fuck. I mean, Vanner, you got, well, you and Gio both scored 40. And the guy in the other box over there was the guy targeting guys like you half the time. Right. You know? It's not about, you know, there's a difference between targeting going after him when he has the puck. I'm telling what Gio is saying is take whoever it is. Is it Kachuk? You tell him, hey, as soon as the puck is dropped, you just follow him all over the ice. I don't think that's Kachuk's game. You, you, I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah. You need a guy that can skate. You need your best skater. Right. And, you're and I don't know if it's the best guy. skater backland. I don't know who their best skater yeah. is. I don't know the Calgary Flames, but I am baffled that they haven't tried that, at least for a period, and see, does it work? Well, let me, uh, let me read you guys something, because we had a, actually a really fun um, episode yesterday with Elliot, or a couple days ago with Elliot Freeman, and we were talking about a game when I was a young kid that uh, I was telling a story that I, I shadowed Wayne Gretzky for a game. And uh, Elliot, at the time, went on, and as we were talking, 
was trying to look it up on uh, what what was it uh, that hockey uh, reference hockey reference. So we had this uh, this guy that was listening to the show, and he uh, he sent Petey and I a uh, an email, and it says, "Hey Petey, hey Rivs." After Elliot started trying to find the game log of Reve's shadowing Gretzky game, I went and started digging myself. I found an article from the New York Times back in March 1998 referencing, referencing it. Here is the link and a screenshot below. It mentions in the game uh, was in Montreal and Gretzky was minus three with only one shot on net. The Habs played in Madison Square Garden only six days later, and Rive played over 21 minutes. This was the article that was, that was written. It says, Wayne Gretzky, who had four assists on Monday, didn't practice on Tuesday. Neither did defenseman Brian Leach. Both were healthy, but were rested for uh, Wednesday's game. Gretzky wondered aloud, if the Canadians would shadow him the way that Craig Rive did in last Thursday's game in Montreal in a 4-1 victory. First time I've been shadowed in 11 years, Gretzky said. I didn't have a great game. I'm looking forward to the rematch. I thought after the age of 30, you don't get shadows. We gotta find some tape on this. So did you did you play center that game? I played right wing and I followed him around every like I mean when I say shadow that is I, unbelievable. I know you're shadowing, and here's the thing I don't think Elliot believed me because he was looking up the games and one game, you know, blah blah blah. I don't think but, he's wrong. I don't believe you either. But how did they choose you? Because <laughs> the best that, skater. We just talked about the best skater, and he says Kachuk isn't the guy. No, but what I'm saying is, at the time, I was a really young. I was a young guy, and they wanted to try and keep me in the lineup, but I couldn't kind of make the top six because we had a pretty good top six, and in that game in Montreal. They put me as a right winger, and my job was every time I got on the ice, I just skated to Gretzky, and I would follow him around, like right beside him, so he couldn't even touch the puck. Did you well, say that's, what the, that's what I'm saying about McDavid. That's what you need to, to do. I, it was like I was. Did you apologize was, the whole game? Hey, I was sorry, so sorry. no. I was <laughs> so nervous. It all yeah, makes we, sense now. It all makes sense. The game was in Montreal. What did Wayne do the night before? You think? <laughs> He's, listen, I played on a line with Mark Bureau. He scored, we scored the first two goals of the game. Gretz goes minus three. Not a big deal. Gretz. And uh, yeah. yeah. Your boy. Eh? But uh, I was plus two that game. I played 14 and a half minutes. And my 14 and a half minutes were literally even strength minutes where I would just go directly to him on the ice and, and stand beside him. So he couldn't even touch the puck. Not a word. Didn't say a word to him. Slash Didn't him. say a word. No, absolutely not. Really? And then the did next he say? Game, did he say anything to you? Yeah, there you go. He, I, I don't remember. Like he didn't I say just, something like, "Are you really shadowing me right now?" He doesn't remember, but he remembers his line scored the goals and Gretzky was a minus three. That's all I remember. No, because I looked it up. So I what happened? Okay, what happened in in New York then on that Wednesday night? On the Big Wednesday task night, again four on days later, no, they they put me on defense, and that's the night I played twenty one and. In, 20, 21 and a half minutes. What did Gretzky do that night? 
He had a uh, two assists. He assisted on the first goal, and he assisted on the overtime goal. Were you on the ice for either of them? No. Okay. No. All right. You sure about that? Gretzky's okay, so tonight. Is that what you're saying you are right now? I'm just saying if you want to shut down McDavid, you need to go and sign a Rive. Okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> but that's it. No, but I'm that's what, what I was I'm saying. saying. What is I'm that saying what you is, need to do? Is there not a five man unit that you can put out there that literally says we are going to move around the ice in somewhat this of this five man cube that he will not be able to skate around or skate through. Now I know many times that we've seen on, you know, TSN or ESPN or Sportsnet or whatever you're watching, we've watched him skate through four guys in a in a cracker jock box and he's still dangling guys. That's but why saying, you don't let him get the puck. Well, you can't let him get the puck. Yes. So it's not the five-man unit. It's literally sticking a guy on top of him so he can't get a pass. So now what's your what's – your, how do they get him the puck? It's going to be a, a chip off the wall to him with speed. It's going to be a flip to him with speed. That's yep. how they're going to have to get creative. But I think you try it. What else? You, he's dominating you right now. No you got to try something. It. I mean, yep. I agree, Gio. But you know what? What else, though? And and this is the one thing I don't like with the media and everything. And I agree. I mean, McDavid is right now what what he's doing. Never seen it before. Best player in the world. But his little sidekick, that Drysital, man, he's pretty good too, though. Who's that? Drysital. <laughs> Come on, like he makes he a lot of space. He opens up those little passes. He makes they look like nothing into area. He is. Darn good. Just, he's I mean, powerful too. He's uh, powerful. He looks thick and strong. Like, you know, McDavid's like a ballerina. He's delicate. He's just so beautiful on skates. Drysidle, you can see, is is super super elusive for his size, but he's got that power and strength to him too. It's and and the two of them. I mean, all you have to do if you have. If you have the hockey IQ to find open space with Connor McDavid, I mean, you are going to score a gazillion goals. And you you have to be ready for the unexpected because he will make plays that people don't expect him to people don't expect anybody to make, but he makes them. This is the this is the series that Craig said he was least interested in. Answer your own question before we move on here, Van. Mm-hmm. You asked, are you baffled or what was the other word you used? Or yeah, I, I don't know, or enjoyed or what? I, I, I'm just. I think it's unbelievable. I, I enjoyed a series I think because been... watching Drysidle and McDavid, what they do, their hockey IQ is off the charts and how they dominate the Calgary Flames without any depth scoring. I'm amazed by it. But on the flip side, I just cannot believe that the Calgary Flames are where they are. I mean, I, I got to think they're going to come out tonight and just be rocking i mean in that old barn there's no way the oilers win game five tonight i'm just wondering what happened to uh lindholm what happened to johnny goudreau where's where's kachuk if you're not playing against mcdavid nobody on edmonton is scoring except for mcdavid's line so where the hell is Johnny Goudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm, a line that shredded it this year? Two guys that had 100 points. I think all, I think all four, three of them had over 40 goals, right? 
Like, where is the scoring from this line? This is, this is why Calgary is down. It's not because McDavid is playing exceptionally well, which he is. I'm saying there's been a lack of output from the Calgary's top line. You hey, maybe to there's injury. Score. You know, you always talk about everybody's playing with an injury at this time of year. You guys have all been there this deep into the playoffs. They're in the second round. You know, yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. I mean, Riffs makes a great point. And I, but to me, I mean, I look at Calgary's defenseman. Who's the best defenseman? They're all big, right? We, we all agree on that. Do they have the defensemen like the Tampa Bay Lightning have, though? And, and not, I'm not saying Edmonton has, but at least they got some guys that can break the puck out. I watched the Flames. They're all big, but it's, it's, it's a lot off the glass, and that's, that's a tough way to play as a forward. And I think yeah. Gio well, would agree with me that. I mean, if you don't get <laughs> – We had many conversations on the bench. Like, what are these D doing? We can't get anything going because you don't get the puck. Rasmus uh, Anderson – Mm-hmm. I think is kind of like an out of sight, out of mind hockey player in the league. I, I know nothing about this kid because I, I don't watch Calgary and I don't mm-hmm. know much about him. He had 50 points this year. He had 50 points in 82 games. He was plus 30. Mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin was the second defenseman, 10 goals, 48 points, plus 27. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good players. Um, but I, but I, I understand what you're saying. You know, they have uh, that Klinberg who had 31 points. You have Tanev who had 28 points. They have a pretty strong decor. And then you got the, the big mutants on the back end with uh, Zadorov and Gabranson. I mean, it's a solid defense pair. They Very may not solid. have the notoriety of this Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay back four years ago didn't have the same notoriety because they hadn't won anything yet. Right. I'm not comparing it to Tampa. I'm just saying, I think Edmonton with Duncan Keefe, Barry, I think they break out the puck and get in the neutral zone, the D to D up to the forwards a yep. lot better right now than the Calgary Flames are. Yep. And I think that's a big difference to get your forwards going when you're only chasing the puck all the time. Yep. It's tough to get something Again, going. That, that Evan Bouchard. And I don't know if you know much about him. Yeah. He was he was the first overall pick um I can't, can't remember what it, what he was a pretty high first pick. round pick, not Ten, first overall I think pick. First round pick. I think he was around tenth overall. He's turned into an incredible player. Like he's had a really nice playoff, but for for a very young guy, he's twenty two years old. He had a really nice year: forty three points, twelve goals. I mean, it's his first full year in the National Hockey League. So a lot of good things with that young guy too. All right, before we uh, before we head out of here, Geo, pick the winners for tonight. Rangers, Carolina, and obviously Battle of Alberta. Uh, I got Edmonton closing it out, right? And I got, man, I got the Rangers tonight. Banner? Um, the opposite, I'm taking both home teams. I think Carolina is great at home. They're going to come out and win. And there's no way Calgary's going down tonight, so I'm taking those two. Sneaky hard place to play Calgary, by the way. Yeah, sneaky C- hard. Red played, uh, played against uh, Calgary. It, it's probably, to be honest with you, the most enjoyable building I've ever played at in the playoffs. Um, I was with San Jose at the time, and I was telling Petey this story that um, – we, we showed up in Calgary, 
okay, for game three. And it is, it is, it is the most beautiful building in the NHL at, at this time because it's the sea of red. Every single person in that entire building is wearing a red jersey, except for these two young, probably mid-20 guys that were wearing the teal San Jose jerseys. It was the most amazing thing because you were literally looking around the stadium and all you could see was red except for these two guys. And we remember after the game, looking at the guys in warm-up and pointing at them, and they were like, you know, just like, we're going to get killed, but we're here to support you guys. What a building. What, what, a, what a building. Altitude I'm going to go too. with Calgary, though. I think they're just too good. Johnny Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, Backland, Trevor Lewis, Toffoli. These guys, there's, I mean, they're just too good to go out against Edmonton, who was the only team that I set out of all of the teams that were in the playoffs. They were, they were actually in the second round. They were the only team that I said wouldn't win the playoffs or wouldn't win the Stanley Cup. Gio, you said it, man. The altitude's real. I mean, it's it real is. in Calgary. It's 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 worse, obviously, in Colorado. But I mean, you feel it just as much in Calgary. That first fifteen seconds of your shift, you're like, "Oh boy, what am I into?" And it doesn't relent the rest of the game. Sneaky. I don't know how teams. I don't know how teams even go into Colorado and win. I'm not even joking with you. Like, it's absolutely painful. What do you, What else are you guys watching other than hockey? Is there anything else you guys are watching? Van, do you watch Formula One? Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's. I grew up watching it, but I haven't. I mean, lately I've gotten more into it again. I, I thought for sure because there's an Austrian Grand Prix, is there not? Yes, there I, is. Yep. I'm a new fan to it. I mean, my I, my brother got me onto that um, Drive to Survive, and last year was I didn't miss a race. It was the first year that I ever I got, and I'm a, I love Max Verstappen. Yes. So like I'm 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 uh, I'm big into it now. I just you know I mean I watch what all. What season of their... are they on, Petey? Uh, I think they well last year was the was the fourth year on Winters. Netflix. So now it now we're they, on five. yeah. So now they're, they're on five right now. Well, f- season five is running right now. So like they're racing. So like they're I don't even know if they're recording for the fifth season. I'm sure they are. That shows a massive hit. Have you guys seen that? Gio, have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. I got to really? tune in. I got to look at it. Yes, I have seen it. And now they're doing the same thing with the PGA Tour of golf. So I'm Are they really? Yes. Yeah, so I guess last week they followed uh, that Mito Pereira who, you know, fell apart on the 18th hole and Justin Thomas who ended up winning it. So I'm actually looking forward to, um, you know, once that comes out on Netflix because the, the F1 one is, is phenomenal. It's great. Gio, you What's gotta up, watch. Girl? You've got right, to watch. I'll, I'll tune in. I've been I've been prepping for the summer, so uh, got a new boat. You can surf behind it. I pick it up in a couple weeks. So I have been on the surf uh, documentaries. There's a couple. There's a make or break. It follows the like world tour surfing tour, and then there's another one called Momentum Generation. It's like talks about Kelly Slater and all the boys that are like heavy heavy hitters in the tour back in the day how they came up together and stuff like that. So that's what I'm on right now. Summer mode. It's buddy. like I asked Gio. Uh, mode. 
he was telling me about this new bow that he bought. Eh? I said, oh, and he's like, oh, we're, uh, you know, we're going to ski behind it and stuff like that. I said, what, you know, what'd you get? A little 18 foot bow rider, you know, like probably get yeah, like a used 2016 model. It's he, nope. he's like, Bartlett, Bartlett <laughs> would not be happy with this purchase. <laughs> it's like a bloody cruise ship with a friggin' race car engine on the back of it. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. How big is it, Gio? It's 28 ish. How many does it sleep? It doesn't sleep any. It's like a, it's a little different. It's an open bow, uh, a little deeper. Uh, boat. Well, I mean, you're you on Lake surf. Ontario. It's a surf. You can't yeah, I need, I can't, rib, 18 no, feet. you can't go out. I can't have a thousand a feet in that. Thing. You get yeah. you'd be tipped over in no time. You need a big boat out there. This is like a little hybrid. I'd call it like between like a cruiser and a uh, surf that you can surf behind. Rochester Vice. Do you have uh, do you have jet skis? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. All right, just, just right. a couple. What about you, Van? Are you uh, near the water where you are? <laughs> nah, I'm a little person, so I wait, no no boats or jet skis or anything. I got enough stuff going on with the boys' baseball. There's Gio lives a different life. I'm not quite there yet. Do you have a sports car, Vanner? I don't. You did though, didn't you? I did, yeah, before kids. Or I guess, yeah, I had one kid at the time. So, what was that? The, uh, you got the Austin Martin? And then, yeah, the Austin Martin. And then, uh, traded that in and I had the Bentley Continental GT, which flying, I, I, one day spur. I'll get that back again. That's, That's a nice that a car right car. there. Was that the one van that had the, the bright lane clock in it? Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. That was a yep. $10,000 clock in a car. <laughs> I remember I bought it in in Florida, so they shipped it up, and I would drive it around Buffalo. And I get pulled over the first week, like every day, because it had tinted windows. Even the front windshield was a little tinted. Yep. And as you guys know, in New York, it's like you can't have anything. And the, the same guy pulled me over two days in a row, and he's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I just got this. I haven't had time to, you know, fix the windows." Sorry, man. Do you know that my very first drive to the game in i had a an escalade um uh pickup truck you remember those uh what are they i can't remember yeah. what they're called yeah, those were ugly no those were <laughs> sick man but i had my i had my uh i had my windows tinted because in california i mean you can have jet black windows but anyway i get to i get to new york the very first time i drove to the rink i got pulled over Guy gave me a ticket. Yep. You have? Did you have your California plate so still? Yes. Yeah. Then you shouldn't have gotten a ticket because it's only New York registered cars can't have it. So if you have a Florida car up here, plates on it, registered in Florida, you can drive it with the tinted. Trust me, I've been, I've run into the same issues as you guys. Hey, so, so like it, well, it's, it's where your I'm, cars, it's where your cars registered. I believe is the rule on it. Is if you yeah, have, I think Geo is right. Yep. If you're in a state that allows it, you can have it. Even if you're, because you're just driving through New York or whatever. Check out the brain on Brett. <laughs> Anyone know the movie reference? Come on, Pulp Fiction. Um, shit, what was I just going to say? Oh, that same truck that Riv is telling us about. I pull into the rink one day for practice, and it's the day after a game. We lost, whatever. And I see Rivs has these black streaks down the side of his car, and it's like, Part of it, part of it is like dented and everything. 
So I get inside and I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I sit, I go into the stretch and I, I'm sitting next to Riv and I go, what happened to your car? And this is the story he tells me. So I'm pulling out of the fucking rink last night. We're fucking not putting this on. And some guy in a Mercedes won't let me in. No. Wrong. BMW? It's a Mercedes. Okay. <laughs> a black Mercedes. Black one. Big one. And I had the right of way. You know, when you pull out of the, you pull out of the parking lot of the back, we did this every day after games. You remember how it merges together at one point and it goes to a single lane. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? Yes. I was ahead of this guy. You know how it's very simple. It's very simple. One car goes, then the next car goes, then the next car goes, then the next car goes. And that's how you do it. You bottleneck into the lane. You bottleneck into the lane. This fucking guy wants to wants to double car in front of me. I said, not a goddamn chance. Not a chance. This guy's going in. <laughs> so we are now coming together and our cars are like literally like I'm literally looking down at his wife. She's mortified right now. I guarantee she's in the car going, Henry, pull back. Just let him in. And he's like, fuck him. You know, Dorothy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he wasn't going. <laughs> and I was just so fucking pissed off that I fucking rammed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rammed but- him. But the best part of the story is he's like, neither one of us were giving an inch and we were just, we're driving and we're grinding against each other. We had lost that game and I was furious and I got into my car and the last thing that I'm going to do is just, there's, there's ways of doing things. Okay. And I'm sitting with one of my buddies who's a cop from North Bay, and he's in the back on ribs. Just, just let him in. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking rich dick beside me, he he's thinks he's just going to, he can do whatever he wants. No. There's Does the rules. guy making 3.5? Well, listen, I mean, there's rules. One goes, uh, and it's, it's, you know, do the it's right thing. It's the principle. It's the principle, it's the principle of, it. of it. That's the whole thing, Gio. No way. Not letting this guy in. Fuck you. Like when that guy <laughs> ordered 15 burritos in front of you, Petey, it's the principle of it. It's common sense, whether yeah. it's a burrito or a car, right, Gio? Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm So you either throw a burrito at just, someone or you run them over with your pickup truck. It's one or the other. There's people that just try and get away with the smallest of things. I could have let him in. I'm like, no, you arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> Do what, what everybody else is doing. We're all trying to get home. We're all doing the same thing, and you think you're going to run up on me? No, you hit the wrong guy, buddy, at the wrong time. So maybe, maybe, wait, maybe he knew it was you, and you're minus no. three, and he was pissed that he paid to watch you play that night. Yeah, and he's like, "This Craig Reve no. is trying to run over me with it's his big better. bad pickup truck. I'm going to show him. Anyway, he sucked tonight, and I'm going to ram right into the side of his truck. Fucking rammed. Make him. his night even worse. I rammed him, and guess what? I got the spot. <laughs> And he followed me on the highway, (laughs) followed me on the highway, damn near halfway home. And I'm looking my rearview mirror and I'm like, fuck 
this. I pull over to the side of the road and I jam my brakes on just like, dude, just get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> to exchange insurance. Is that why? <laughs> You're an animal, Riv. Boys, thanks, eh, for the time. Fuck you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.